sat in, uh, what pub are we in again? We're in the Merlin. We're in the Merlin, everyone. Um, I'm joined by, for the first time ever, I, I, I finally met Sam, Sam Moorshead. Don't build me up too much. Sam, what are your first impressions of me? I mean, do I live up to expectations? Your or is voice it, is the same. Though. My voice is the and same. And your face is the same as it was in Scrabble. Absolutely. So, so far... But now you can see my ears because I'm not wearing... That would have been awful, wouldn't it? What a, what a strange twist that would have been. Um, and we're joined here by someone who has notched you down a rank as the most intelligent person on the show. It's, um, it's Ivo Graham. It's an honour to bring a bit of class to this podcast. <laughs> so, Ivo, you're, you're a comedian slash actor now. I believe you've gone into, drafted into the world of acting. I've appeared in a comedy sketch written by a friend of mine, uh, and I was the only person who auditioned for the part. So I've not exactly beaten off a, a huge amount of competition. It was a favour. Uh, it hasn't been hugely well received. I'm not sure if there'll be any more. But yes, I'm an actor. <laughs> I did actually watch that, and I, it was incredibly well received from me. So if you, if you like that kind of um, praise, then you're getting some praise. That's very good of you. My parents weren't huge fans, but that's mainly because I took my top off on the internet. Is that going to be the last time you do? That will be the last time. I hope, speaking of catfishing, a, uh, a peer of mine, and he won't mind me saying his name, uh, Joel Domet, who went to sort of big stardom last year on I'm a Celebrity. Uh, it's two big things at the end of last year. We're going, on, going into the jungle, becoming very famous through that, but also uh, being embroiled in an embarrassing catfish incident. And there's a lot more than just his, his topless body on the internet. And that's uh, a cautionary tale in the comedy industry for anyone who, who wants the wrong kind of exposure. So I'm, I'm being as careful as I can. You, yeah, I, I, I'm glad you were very careful. I'm glad you were very careful. Uh, so, 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 Ivo, how did you sort of get into Swindon? What, what is your what inspired you? Uh, I grew up in the East Wiltshire hood uh, of uh, Aldbourne, uh, which is about 15 minutes outside of Swindon city centre. Uh, and I supported Man United until I was seven, and then I got a grip and uh, decided to plough my uh, my time and my emotions into my local team. We were then on the brink of relegation for what was then uh, Division 1, but I didn't mind, uh, and uh, I'm still here 18 years later, proud to say. It's a very similar story to me, actually. I, I used to support Liverpool up until the age okay. of eight. Yeah, yeah. What is this? Yeah. Having two teams. <laughs> Casting off. Well, that's I'm not sure I can accept, uh, to be fair, my first team was Shrewsbury Town, so I've gone from one SCFC to another wow. SCFC. That's a strange choice. What, what inspired that sound? Well, it wasn't inspired by anything but the fact that my father moved us all from, from Shropshire to Wiltshire at age six. Oh, really? So, right. uh, yeah, I, would, I think I've chosen the better SCFC. Do I you think. have mixed feelings in the current League One relegation battle? <laughs> But where, where's your loyalties lie, Where do my loyalties lie? Well, they don't lie at the new men. Okay. There's always a bit of confusion on a Saturday afternoon when I'm in uh, uh, on the internet trawling for sort of usually quite angry uh, post-Swindon game feedback using the FTFC hashtag, which isn't used officially by Shrewsbury. That's a Swindon... You're a media man. You'll know how this would have yeah, come about. Yeah, they should just stick to salad, really. Salad is what they say. Yes, they say. Get off our hashtag, Shrewsbury. That's my message to... Where, where does salad come from? I've never heard that. I, I don't know. You'd have to ask that. I mean, I was a, a hardcore Shrewsbury oh, fan. Of course, of course. Of course. I was five years, probably about two months. I remember them playing Chesterfield and kicking the ball into the seven so many times. And the man with his little coracle going across and fishing it out and bringing it back. Um, wow. I can't really remember much of that's, that's an actual thing. A guy goes out in a, in a boat and fishes the ball well, it out. it certainly was. I don't know if it is anything. 
That beats the ball going to the car park at the Kassam. Um That's great. I mean, it is a wonderful car park. I mean, there's a, a nice lot car of cars in there. It's a and cheap seat. It's a cheap seat. And to be fair, they, they have sort of revolutionised the three-stand policy. They really have. Across the yeah, absolutely. They're trendsetters. I mean, yeah. no one else has followed the trend yet, but they're still trendsetters. They really have. They really have. Um, so, Sam, I spoke to you a couple of weeks ago, and you, said you, you were kind of pretty down about everything. Yep. Everything. Um, and what's your kind of view now? I mean, there's, we were seven points away from it. Three, three, so points, three, three points. Now it's three. three points, yeah. Um, well, obviously now it is. It's possible. It's still not probable. But we are speaking before. We should probably say that we're, yeah, we're, we're, we're speaking before the Wimbledon game. So um, maybe. I mean, it would prove me wrong, which is going to be, go down great with lots of people. But <laughs> I can I can be hopeful. I'm still not. I'm still not hopeful. I can try to be. It's not easy being hopeful, is it, when you when your team has been as bad as they have been this season? But who knows? I'm afraid to say I'm in a similar boat. Yes. I, if, if we win today, then it'll be a different story. But I, I've, I've learned not to get too excited by momentary upturns in form. Because there was one. Uh, how, how many weeks ago it was when we won two on the bounce? Uh, I can't remember the order of all the games now. Fleetwood and then Millwall. and then Fleetwood. Was that it? We won both of those. And then... Uh, but then we had two more easy games. Oh, yeah, yeah. One of which was away at Port Vale, which I went to see, and one of which was when I think we lost at home to Chesterfield. Chesterfield. And I, you just had the sense that we we needed those. And then we nearly beat Bradford. Anyway, let's, let's not go through all that. <laughs> <laughs> what a difficult couple of months it's been. But, um, I think a proliferation of easy games does not a guaranteed survival make. I mean, you, you guys are, are, are the pessimists because every time we win a game, I'm, I'm playoffs. You know, promotion is just, is on the cards. Just to, just to be sure, that is mathematically impossible now. I mean, wait, wait, wait to burst my bubble there, Sam. Okay, but I'm, I'm really affected by the results. If we win or if we draw, I, you know, I, I'm really positive. I like the clinging to that sort of ludicrous hope. Yeah. Last. I remember yeah. when we went down in uh, 2010. I want to say 10 11. 10 11. Well, uh, in, uh, in January, we what got to the final the season before, and still a quite a good team. A lot of hope, and we beat Charlton 4-2 in January and there was this sense on all the message boards that like right here we go we, we've clicked into gear we were like 13th it wasn't just that we were doing interviews with players like David Lucas and Alan Sheehan and Jonathan Douglas and David Crutton at the time and they were all talking about players yeah hold on just look, look behind you a little bit and they never did look behind them and then it was too late and they fell in the hole so fell in the hole really badly yeah. I think even if we go down this season barring something very bleak over the next four games 2010 is still, but 2011 is still my my worst. I think. Yeah. This season has been strange though, because we've kind of slept walked into it. Is that is that fair to say? We've kind of, you know, we've not really been in the in the poo, as it were. I think that's a technical term. Until the you know the last couple of months, but we are really deeply in the turd right now. Well, whereas that season really was just shit. terrible. It's not really shifted much at all. No, no, no. It's Since in October. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of been 18th, 19th, 20th. Oh, hang on. Now we're we're, we're doing, we're no, we're doing really, really badly now. Yeah, yeah. But there have been bits. 
I remember again uh, watching us on telly against Charlton again this season. That was great. Maybe it's the, the cameras or something, but <laughs> that was, I thought it never used to be. Yeah. It was dreadful. Peterborough away this season as well. Was, we looked really, really good as well. Yeah, can it's happen. like drawing. It can happen, and I'd just love it to happen three more times. That's all we need. Yeah, or two. Two wins. 49 points, maybe. Uh, maybe. Anyway, sorry, let's not get... No, we're let's get... You, we were dragging you into our No, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm still feeling fairly... I think the, the stadium announcement a couple of weeks ago has really brought me to a different level of, of optimism. To be honest, because you know you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. There's also there is obviously a collective group of people who want to do something good for the football club Absolutely. in the long term. That's true. Um, without getting too political about no, it, no, there's, no, been, there's been yeah. a lot of stuff that we put out in the last sort of three weeks, um, and there's a lot of talks that continue to take place behind the scenes. Uh, the guys who are leading leading it on on our part, the most James Mike Wells, Rob Andis, they're going to be meeting with the council. Uh, ten days from today, or so today's the 14th, um, and hopefully we'll, we'll start to get a clearer idea of what's going on with that. We've been delighted with the uptake, plus the Red Army Fund membership has increased from roughly 80 to 100, and now it's over 270 people that are contributing. So we're getting a decent amount of money in there. That's not going to pay for the stadium, but it's never going to. That would be a very different prospect, but future we'll come up with a, a detailed Q&A about how it's going to go ahead and what the plan is and the time frames and everything. Um, so the things go, going on in the, in the background, unfortunately we can't keep like, updating every single day, it's productive, but yeah, there's a group of people and it's getting bigger and it's swelling that want to have an uh, influence in the long term building the public. So it's, is that kind of showing that the, to the council that fans are behind the project? Yeah, basically. exactly. Yeah, yeah. The next step is showing the community as to yeah. There's no point in the council making a sale if all the taxpayers, well, a number of the taxpayers and major community players are behind it too. Um, so who in the community are you looking to? We're looking at anyone who, who values having a football club there, not just for the results on Saturday, but potentially the extra trade that might be brought in by there being a football club there. Um, by people who believe that sporting and professional sports teams add a sense of community value, community pride to the area. Those who just like football in general who haven't really gone to see Swindon Town, people who are new, who are setting up businesses in the area. Lots of different aspects. So um, hopefully we'll show them that this is a fan-led project which can create a decent legacy for both the club, the town, the fans, and the community. That's the idea. So it's a medium-term project. Hopefully it will work. People are getting behind it at the moment. So fingers crossed. The new council bids, is it, is it the new council, the new council bids, because uh, the, the original one failed, oh, the, is, yeah. it, is it going to be, well, we've talked about what a bid is before, and how even in football a bid can be construed as being very different by different people, um, we will get to a price that will be considered right for everyone, there'll be a compromise, because there is a willingness there for everyone to compromise, and talk about things and discuss things, and there are clear lines of communication, which we know is a good thing, um, and there are people there who are professional, who know what they're talking about, and want to get the right deal for everyone. We don't know what the eventual price tag will be that they require yet. Hopefully we will do soon, um, and whatever it is, we will set out the plan that we believe we can achieve.
to get that price back. Yeah, it's going well, I think. The reception's been good. Some people don't like it. That's fine. You never expect everyone to believe that it's the right thing to do. But so far, it's been positive. What are the arguments against it, if you don't know, have that sort of... I think there, there are arguments against them that if you bought the campground and the club, then somehow managed to get development to, uh, agreement to go and build on a green bed, brown hill and whatever, what would you then be doing with your ground that you've got? Because there's only ever going to be one professional team in so it's all with all respect with all respect. Super Marine. Yes, with all respect. With all respect. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, Lenny. I apologise. Um, they, so they, there is there is potential option, but we've looked. I mean, historically, people do not succeed in building outside of Swindon. There have been many plans for Greenbelt Stadium development which don't go through. This needs. This is when yeah, the town's yeah. home is likely to be. It's time for. A, the foreseeable future, it needs starting up. It's in a terrible state of disrepair. The council aren't able to do it at the moment, obviously. The club aren't really willing to do it at the moment. And under the terms of their lease, you can sort of understand why. It's not their responsibility. If you were, if you were a tenant and your flat started falling down, you wouldn't be paying for it to be put back up. You'd be demanding a landlord to But having a trust ownership gives the opportunity for us to actually do something about it and create a better match day experience for fans and potentially a better asset to show that more fans should come. And, you know, if we, if we are going to grow the club, if someone is going to grow the club in the future, it's going to need a more modern-looking stadium. It doesn't need to be any way different. Anymore. It just needs to just be better. Yeah, absolutely. Well said, Sam. That you. was very eloquent. Yeah, yeah. I, I try. I try. I, I, I learnt it all from Ivo. I was extremely moved by that. Yeah, yeah. It's great. Um, Ivo, there's a tear running down your cheek right now. Another bit of the first of many this afternoon, I'm sure. <laughs> Perfect emotional prep. What's your kind of opinion of the stadium bit, Ivo? Well, I know it's it's a tricky one because well, it's not a tricky one. I put something I, I uh, I'd love to see happen. Um, you know, anything that's dedicated to the sort of protection and improvement of and the sort of community participation in a, a ground that I hold very dear is uh, um, is obviously very important to me. I don't, you know, I'm, um, uh, I don't come, I don't, you know, live in or near Swindon anymore and I don't come as much as I'd like. I'm down to, you know, maybe a few times a season. So I don't feel I'm... Uh, Part of the forefront of, of things to do with the county grounds, um, but certainly getting systems in place to have people who uh, you know have a, have a dedicated emotional and, and financial investment in the ground, looking after it um, and turning it into or maintaining it as something that new generations of supporters will want to keep coming to is 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 absolutely crucial. I certainly think. I mean, what what is the you talk about it moving, or, or you know, the, the green belt stuff. Well, there's been plans in the past to try and put it on the front garden plot of green belt land outside Swindon. Uh, that was Terry Brady, something we talked about in 2002. It's a long time ago. But generally, there's not been the possibility, or let's face it, we've got to find someone who's going to be willing to put 25, 30 million quid into building a new stadium. Yeah. And at the moment, there's not even someone who's going to be willing to find five or six million pounds to buy it outright because it doesn't really have any value. Mm. So we've got to try and find a way of protecting the legacy of the club that has a ground that neither the council, the owner, nor the club, the tenant, want to improve. 
So that, that can only, in my view at the moment, have the catalyst for the fans stepping in and saying, well, we want it to be better. Because, let's face it, it's a bit crap. Right. When no one else is willing to, well, everyone's willing to say it's a bit crap. And no one's willing to say, well, we're going to make it less crap. Where were the, where were the, the plans you were talking about in 2002? Where was, it, where was the plan to build a new stadium? It's, it's a front, it was called a plug of, of land called the front garden. Right. Um, You'll have to double check the date. Right, a long okay. time ago. Okay. And I was, uh, I was fake news. We're spreading fake news here. It's, it's oh, not, it's not the believing of the news. <laughs> um, have a look. There, there were plans all over. The place. Right, but then, right. Then again, there have been plans here to, to redevelop the county ground. Yeah, of course. Casino on the site. Yeah, yeah. In general, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Plans to stick a. What's talked about putting a. Uh, We've got a drive-through cinema in the back of the town there. Brilliant, brilliant. Apparently there's a bowling alley that's underneath uh, one of the stands that he wanted to stick in. Je- Jed was nothing but good, absolutely. Uh, Jed was the most fascinating individual and, and, that I've ever met. Have you met him? Have you, have you met him? Well, many, many times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was working here, yeah, yeah. yeah. Most fascinating man that I've ever met him. But why, why was that? Because in companies like nothing else I've ever experienced. Right. He had, he had great plans, right. which he couldn't follow through on. Yeah. For various reasons, yeah. um, and he's now trying his, he's trying his hand at Solihull Moors, and he seems to be quite content up there. Um, I spoke to him maybe three weeks ago. It was the first time I spoke to him for over a year. Um, he's just the same Jed. He's he's excitable. He's energetic. Some things you take with a pinch of salt. Some things are eye-opening that he tells you. Um, but I, I enjoyed his company. I, I did. Um, and he really did want to be a big figure at Swindon Town. Yeah, but, but he, he just couldn't pack it up with anything substantial. So that was a problem for him. I remember a very momentary feeling of, of like, excitement around his involvement in him. And it did seem to evaporate quite quickly as a lot of it was revealed to be built on sand. Yeah, but I, think, I think that's fair enough. As a guy who wanted to you know, make the club exciting in the after, you know, just after, you know, major shareholders had pulled out and things were starting to look quite bleak again, was, and that was very, you know. He, he was a chance in the, in the sense that he got in at the right time. No other time would he have been able to get into this level. He did have ideas that he wanted to be great, but when you look at things like the party on the pitch thing that they had, where it rained and it blew up the electrics and it yeah. was like two hours delayed in the dark, yeah. And only 3,000 people came, and they built this as being three concerts a year, bringing £500,000 a year. No, there were great ideas that just didn't come to fruition for various reasons, many of which I don't think I could talk about, to be honest, because I, that era was, was full of, of greyness, and there's all kinds of legal difficulties by saying anything about it. So, uh, it's funny time. I just, I just laugh a little bit when I look back. So, Ivan, what are you up to at the moment? Lovely general question to ease us out of the general question. Is that actually doing a duet? I think we should have... I think we should have... Jed. Jed's going to be... That's, why, yeah, that's why you had to be so diplomatic then, Sam. <laughs> because the new... Is that, that's your exclusive. Please welcome Jed McCory, everyone. <laughs> I'm going to be doing three so stand-up comedy shows a year on the Swin and Turn pitch, and I'm going to raise <laughs> half a million pounds. No, what are you, what are you up to um, kind of in general? Uh, in general. Apart from your... Apart from my topless acting. From your topless acting. Uh, and, my, and my dedicated three appearances a year at the County Crown. Uh, I am travelling around the country doing stand-up comedy. Oh, great. Working on a new show to take to the Edinburgh Festival this year. Right. Um, doing the odd bit of uh, television and radio. Uh, and, and spending one uh, valuable date night a week at home with my partner. Right. Lovely. 
busy. It's a busy. It's a busy. Yeah, it's a busy regime. What, what, what kind of thing are you doing on, on TV and radio? Are you allowed to say, or is it? Yeah, no, no. It's it's uh, it, it's not hush hush at all. It's it's all there on my sad little IMDb page. Um, I. Uh, it's it's a, Jim, you are. It's been a with an IMDb. It hasn't so been one of them since Melinda Messenger. Yeah, but Sam, he's, he's also got a Wikipedia. Can I add? The Wikipedia page was a long time in coming. Oh, I was, uh, oh. I was resisting the urge for years to make it myself because I thought that's not what people do. <laughs> and someone else, someone else made Wikipedia it. For you. Someone did. Did you, did you encourage this person to make this show? Or? It, I don't think it was my mum because it hasn't because it says birth date 1990 or 1991 brackets uh, unknown. Right. So right. I thought that my mother would try. And can we have an Can we have an exclusive? Can you clear up yeah, for the Wikipedia you? people? I'm proud to say that I was born in 1990. There Ooh. you go. Do with that information what you will. Yeah. It said on your Wikipedia page you were born in, in Tokyo. Is that, is that right? Yes, they weren't sure of the year, but they knew where it happened. What, a classic case. How did they know of where it was? Did you, did I don't know. I, uh, yeah, I, I think I must have said it on, on Sunday. But you never really know. I do a few podcasts. There was a, a, a couple of years where I was a regular on um, uh, an XFM show uh, hosted by Josh Widdicombe. Oh, and right. so you chat sort of personal things there. And... With stand-up, you think very carefully about the sort of very measured picture of your life that you're going to put out there. And you usually do an hour a year, a new hour a year at the Edinburgh Festival, and of which you do sort of 20 minutes a night at most comedy clubs. And that only changes a certain a certain amount. You know, you're largely sort of trying to run in the same material and hone it perfectly. So the things that I say in my stand-up, I can remember almost word for word is exactly what I've revealed. Whereas tumbling sort of hung over into a radio show every Saturday, like now, I just now. like this exactly yeah, stumbling yeah. through. I can't remember exactly what I said about the trust. I remember it being, <laughs> being vague and directionless, but um, uh, as it was intended to be. But similarly, I, I may have mentioned at some point that I was born in Tokyo, and potentially some dare I say it, fan, uh, I'd be honoured, has, has immediately taken that across to the people at Wikipedia, Mr. Jimmy Wales. Please donate. Um, and so that's there now. So I met also, we did a feature one day on um, uh, on things that, like interesting jobs that people in your family have. And my sister, um, for her sins, her many sins of the flesh, uh, is a model. Um, she she works a model, and I sort of never really thought that I would bring that up because I respected her privacy. Uh, but I was slightly scrambling for anything to say on this radio show. So I said, oh, my sister loves models. And inevitably that was rather sort of lustily leapt on by, by Josh and his producer. So that's now there as a Google search suggestion. Right. I know Graham's no, no, sister. That's very funny because I, I, was, uh, I was in a pub yesterday saying I'm going to see this guy who happens to be a comedian and a swimming town fan. You might have seen him on TV. So we went on the show pitch to see whether right. you'd been on TV and he'd seen you. And the first, the first thing of you type your name into Google. Ivo Graham's sister. Ivo Graham's sister. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> People are desperate to know. Ivo, you do know you were saying this on a podcast, which oh, will be listened to by human tens beings. Tens of people. Yes, yeah. oh, it might be listened to by Ivo's sister. So <laughs> no, I'm afraid to tens say she will, tens of people, yeah. she will not be listening to the Swindon Town podcast. <laughs> I'm not able to persuade her to listen to much of my recorded work, and I don't think she'll be starting here. Proud as I am, obviously, to be on this forum. Um, <laughs> So for a gentleman that was born in, in Tokyo, does that mean technically you could play international football for Japan? I'm not exactly sure what, uh, where I am citizenship-wise. Well, I know right. I am. I'm a British. Right. What I'm entitled to, particularly sort of post, post-Brexit. I don't think so I could. Just to be clear, Japan's not in, in Europe, either. So. No, but I... But, yeah. 
but, but good clearing up. That's a good geography lesson. We're desperate we've to get the B word in at any point. <laughs> make myself sound vaguely topical. Uh, and after we are, we're in the heart of lead voting swindle, um, whatever you may think of it. So, um, but no, I, in, in terms of just generally getting a new passport, just to be, you know, be rid of these not so set to die. I believe it's. I believe the, the, the qualification because I've looked this up before is a grandparents or obviously yourself that is born in a country. Yeah. I guess I'd have to see back to your other question, which was, do you think I could play for the Japanese football team, who are a good team? So, and I'm uh, I'm struggling to make it at comedians football, which is a, an extremely unfit bunch of guys. Yes, can we hear more about comedians? Yeah, football? yeah. I'd be honest. It's uh, it's every Tuesday afternoon uh, in southeast London. It's on a sort of rotating. Sort of slightly humiliatingly, the pitch depends on which pitch they're being used by local schools. So you'll have all these grown men in their 20s, 30s, and 40s occasionally turning up in Crystal Palace or Northwood and being told, Oh, you can't use the pitch because the underlines are hit. <laughs> and that group of men sometimes includes, you know, celebrities like Noel Fielding or Russell Howard. But, but no sorry, sorry Noel Fielding? Noel Fielding. Football. Very much so. Right. It's a secret vice. Right. And what position is yeah. Noel Fielding? Well, I, I have to say, I've never played with Noel. I've never <laughs> right. been on the same week as Noel. Russell, I've played with a fair but no. I can imagine Russell's pretty good though. He's a Liverpool fan. Uh, I don't know who he's a boy, but I know he's very fit. He's right. very. Uh, right. He's he's, uh, he's hugely athletic and very quick on the turn. Um, quite a selfish player, but I think he's bought the right to be. Um, I think in his career. Um, no, I think they're busy with with Peacock and other uh, other projects. But basically, over the years. Every Tuesday afternoon, a group of comics has met, and it's been quite generational. I think, and that as people have got more busy, maybe they've stopped coming. So you get people like Noel or Lee Mack apparently used to come along, but don't sort of come very much. And now there's more sort of people my sort of age coming through. People like you know me and Tom Rosenthal and Rob Beckett and people. But it's great. It's you know it's a it's a high octane game. There's a lot of mid game banter which I don't hugely join in with. We're not testing out material on each other in the middle of a... No, it's not so much testing, but it's more like a sort of... It's the the panel show repartee. It's the, you know... It's it's the having a go at someone for putting the ball out of play, but in a genuinely humiliating way. Um, But yeah, so that's my week. My week is my day very little, the occasional radio show, the occasional Swindon game, the occasional game of comics football, and my night goes and doing stand-up tonight. I think we've got, we've got a lot from that. That very vague question that I asked. Suddenly so that's into... a sign of a, a good podcast presenter, yeah. Yeah. Will. Yeah. Getting a lot out of it. Thank you very much, guys. I just wanted to hear you say that. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a three when you've already um, got under the skin. How long, how long have you got till kick-off? Have we got to, got to end? Uh, uh, 40 minutes. 40 minutes. What time What time are you guys... Obviously, this won't be aired. I don't know why. I'm going to tell everyone about <laughs> yeah. that now. Yeah, what, what, what are we doing now? We're we going to have a second beer. And oh, we're going to have another drink here. My drink is walking down the street together but still broadcasting <laughs> still clutching our tiny little microphones yes, you, have to, you have to explain this we've, we've got microphones that really belong to us uh, when, honestly when I bought these I thought these guys are going to think I'm really really professional it's great have, yeah but I, I was supposed to buy another one yesterday and like one of um, Ivo's Ivo's um, stand up sort of routines that I've seen I, I invested in Amazon Prime 
and then and then forgot to actually buy the microphone. So you yes. paid all that money for nothing. I, I, it, was a, it was a one month free trial. Actually, make sure you get out of it. You've got to read that small print. Right, you're obsessed. They will get you. They will get you. And I'm not saying it's not a good service, but you have to be sure that you want it in your life. This is my second time broadcasting in in Swindon uh, this year. Um, because I did a piece for the Premier League show about the Swindon vs Oxford final, which involved being in the pub. What's the name of the pub opposite the station? Oh, uh, the Queen's Hat. I think it is the Queen's Hat. So, with that one, that was a bit more scripted. I'd written up slightly sort of vaguely relevant piece about the upcoming Swindon Oxford yeah. This is a nice private chat in a pub. People have barely noticed the microphones. We're getting away with it. Well, it's quite easy to bear in mind. It's like we're oh, yeah, doing something from the Borrowers Olympics. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I don't mean this rudely to you, Will. I, I, no, no, I, no, I appreciate your, not. what we described earlier as your gonzo style. But, um, <laughs> but the Premier League show had slightly higher tech equipment. There was a cameraman, there was a boom. You know, the, the kind of heavy Scorsese-esque tech that you can only dream of. Um, but so I was delivering this piece in a really quiet, it wasn't a match day, just a quiet Monday afternoon in the Queen's Town. Sort of, you know, eagerly looking into the camera going, I've watched seven Swindon and Oxford derbies in a row, and not once have I tasted victory, but in front of two quite sort of bored looking drinkers. And then having to sort of do a retake because I sort of put my pint down awkwardly or something. And it was so humiliating. And I'm not sure the, the end product was worth it. I'm sure it's online. But this is a far more relaxing journalistic experience. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's much appreciated. I mean, I should probably tell the story about, so Up and Coming, it will be released sometime soon. Uh, I'm not sure if it will be before or after this this is released, but there's an interview with Sam Parkin coming up, um, and he was very hospitable to me, and um, he was very hospitable when I accidentally deleted the 16 minutes of audio that we recorded. And uh, Yeah, so so when I accidentally record this, I hope you, I hope you don't mind recording all I think it would be agony. I think it would be agony for all of us. But if Sam does it, I'll do it. That's very much my rule. If, you know, what would Sam Parkin do? Be a gent. Be an absolute gent. And score I'm 90 sure goals he does every exactly team. the same thing. <laughs> every, every day that he goes out to broadcast, so what, what, what would Ivo do in this situation? <laughs> Take his top off and go on the internet. I'll do that. <laughs> Take his top off and get ridiculed by his own mum. Yeah. That would be uh, what it was. Apologies to Mrs. Barkley. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Sorry, uh, I don't know. Right, um, I, think, I think that's all we've got time for today. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. That's been top notch kind of material. I think we're going to have another beer and then, uh, and then head off to the, to the game. So everyone enjoy it. Swindon's fantastic 7 0 victory against AFC Women. Thank you very much. Thank you.